and welcome everyone to uh, Ball Caps and Bike Pipes NLBMR webcast. I am John of Ball Caps and Bike Pipes and I am slightly late tonight. Sorry, Jason. Um, I may or may not have been napping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm the other half of Ball Caps and Bagpipes. I'm Jason Durr. I'm former president of Baseball Scotland and in Upper Canada. I've got my shirt, repping the shirt tonight. Uh, John's got his Comets hat because the uh, lockdown is almost over for us. There's potentially baseball happening for us, so we're pretty excited. Um, I think we've got, what, uh, a month and a half to go, potentially, John? Hopefully, yeah. Um, obviously, there's been big news today uh, that uh, from this Friday coming, there will be um, non-contact sports will be allowed to resume with uh, crowds of up to 15 people. Um, so while there won't be any games for the time being, we will hopefully um, be able to train in, in smaller groups starting from this weekend um, and that could hopefully be the first step in getting this season underway this year. I think, Jason, for our sanity, we need a season this year. <laughs> Donald, just to give you, John was bald before uh, the lockdown started. And then, <laughs> <there since then. laughs> so so John, John was absolutely uh, destroyed because uh, he was supposed to rejoin baseball after taking, what, two years off, John? And so he's dying to get back on the field again. So, oh. so he's pretty excited. Well, hopefully... Well, uh, Soon. Missed the 2016 season and most of the 2017 season. Came back in 2018, played a bit. Played a bit in 2019 and then decided, nah, my body can't handle it. I'm about to become a dad, so I'm just going to chuck it. But then I, I reconsidered and uh, decided to come back last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it couldn't have been worse. <laughs> yeah, so if anything, I mean, I'm probably going to be couple of steps slower um, you and everybody else so yeah well you know. hopefully hopefully <laughs> anyway we're not here to talk about scottish baseball tonight ball caps and bagpipes season three is coming we are joined by an excellent guest the women that we can't wait to speak to with it being international women's day yesterday it's only fitting as well um please introduce yourself donna muscarella hi uh my name is donna muscarella i'm thrilled to be here um let's go all right. <laughs> so you haven't been on the show before. So I'd like to start off by asking about your baseball backgrounds. Um, when you were growing up, uh, did you follow a particular team? Uh, do you have any particularly strong memories growing up uh, watching baseball? And did you play baseball growing up? If so, to what level and what positions did you play? Okay. I did not play organized ball growing up. Um, I played softball on, I was a summer camp counselor in high school and college. And uh, we used to do either for the time when it was a four day camp, we would do Friday morning softball co-ed and then we would do Saturday morning once it went to a five day program, but nothing serious, you know, just us on a field in a park, nothing insane. So we'll skip that. Um, the fun stuff. So I consider myself to be a fourth generation baseball addict. Uh, my great-grandfather was a huge Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Um, we went over there every Sunday after mass, and there was only one place you were going to find him, in his chair, in the corner of the dining room of all places, because, you know, Brooklyn apartments are small, so he had his, his recliner chair in the corner of the dining room with transistor radio, earbud in one ear, and if there was a second game going on, there was a second radio up to the other ear. And 
that's where it all started for my dad, you know, as well. He got the influence from his grandfather, my great grandfather. Um, he was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan also. My dad's dad was a Yankee fan who grew up in Manhattan. So that was a little bit of an interesting dynamic there. Um, and when, you know, they'd go to as many games as they could and, uh, whether Yankees, Dodgers, Giants. So, you know, there were three teams at that time in New York. So you had, you know, plenty to choose from. Um, and when the Dodgers jumped ship, it was a natural transition, natural transition from my dad to become a Yankee fan. He had already you know, been tuned into the Yankees, thanks to his dad. And there was Mickey Mantle, whom my dad adored. Gil Hodges was his favorite Brooklyn Dodger. Um, you know, he had a few that he loved, but Gil, Gil Hodges was his guy. And when the Yankees, uh, when the Dodgers went to California, he said, I need baseball. And the Yankees were, you know, the logical choice. So he immediately really became a Yankee fan. I came along. Um, I was born in Puerto Rico. My dad was in the service. So first chance we had to go to a Major League Baseball game, um, I was two and a half years old. Yes, I do remember it, which is insane to think about. I couldn't tell you specifics of the game. I remember coming up out of the subway, seeing the ballpark for the first time, and just being utterly amazed. You know, in those days, TV coverage was minimal, and they certainly weren't showing you the outside of the ballpark. So to see that was crazy great. Um, I remember going through, you know, them taking the tickets, going through the turnstile, walking through the tunnel from the concourse to the ballpark, uh, to the you know, seating ball, and seeing the field for the first time, it literally took my breath away. I stood there and I went, oh! and just kind of stopped. And that's what I remember about my first game. And it was pretty great. Amazing. So, and do you have any other favorite Yankee memories from growing up? Um, yeah. Um, one other thing about general tradition of my dad and I going to games, I was always short for my age. I'm only five feet tall now. Um, so, you know, to take a two and a half year old or, you know, a, a kid to a ball game and sit them on a seat, what are you going to say? You know, so my dad used to save up, he'd buy the newspaper every morning. And when he knew that, you know, we were coming up on a game, he'd start saving the papers and we would go to the ballpark. We'd have to take a city bus and a subway. He would carry, you know, a stack about, well, you can't really, I mean, a huge <laughs> stack of newspapers in a paper bag, we'd get to the ballpark. In those days, the ushers wore suits and had these almost look like dust mops, you know, that they would wear on their hands. They'd walk us down to our seats, he'd clean the seat off. My dad would put the, you know, seat down, put the papers on, sit me on top of the papers and we'd sit and we'd watch the game. He kept score, he taught me how to keep score. Um, and then after the game, we would just leave the pile of newspapers under the seat and go home and start a new pile. Um, in terms of specific favorite Yankee memories, um, I remember the last game at original Yankee Stadium. My dad took Yankees, me to that game. Yankees and Orioles? 
Uh, no, no, no. Well, the original, original yes, Yankee Stadium. Original, before original. For the, yep. the renovations in 76. For the renovations, yes. So um, we went woefully unprepared to take parts of the ballpark home with us. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was the, the ushers were renting screwdrivers um, so that people could take things apart. We have our seat plates. Not the seat plates, but uh, you know, on the, the kind of on the railings, there were brass plates, so we have those. Um, and then we managed to get down on the field, and there were Catholic nuns in full habit with burlap sacks and shovels, just shoveling <laughs> grass into these sacks. And all we had were like, well, What are we going to use? So, my dad had a little plastic container, um, full of tic tacs, breath mints. So he dumped out the Tic Tacs and we shoved it full of grass and that's what we did. <laughs> so that was, that was a really, you know, very fond memory for me. I mean, you know, anytime I was at the ballpark with my dad was fun. You know, it was just, it was something, it was a me and him thing, you know, and, and it was something I absolutely adored. Um, I did not get to the first game at renovated Yankee stadium, but I was there for the last game. Mm -hmm. And I was there for the first game at current Yankee stadium. Oh goodness. I remember that being a, a bad day at the office for the Yankees. I think CC Sabathia and his first home start as a Yankee got lit up and it was, I think it was 10, five Indians. It, it, it was something like that. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. a great game, but you know what? Season, it was it was a phenomenal season and with all the pomp and circumstance and everything i didn't care i mean obviously i cared how the game went in the context of our season but mm -hmm. just to be there that was that was good enough for me it was good i now, mean we had go ahead i'm sorry sorry um no you've been to sort of three different versions of the stadium which would you say is your version of choice well the original just because it was just so much more majestic. The sight lines were horrible. They were, you know, the big steel, you know, beams. Um, but from a sentimental standpoint, it's kind of a tie between the original and the renovated original, if you will. Mm. Um, but if we could take away the beams and have that original ballpark again with the facade going, it was just, you know, in the monuments and in, in the field of play, it was just such a spectacular, amazing place. There were great things about the renovated one too, because the upper deck was so low yeah. that, you know, it, it was a, there really, I don't want to say there wasn't a bad seat in the house, but there weren't many bad seats in the house. And, you know, to be able to be that close to the action and not have to pay an arm and a leg to do it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, you know, that was, and, and the Monument Park in the second version of Yankee Stadium versus now was just such a great, great place to just go and, and, you know, see the plaques and see the monuments. And it was a nice, cozy little, and Monument Park really was a very accurate name for it. It was a cute little cutout, you know, and, and, uh. Yeah, I mean, the current ballpark is corporate. 
corporate. Yes, that's that's it's a good state of the it. art. Yeah, it's state of the art, but it's a lot yeah. of the personality and character yeah. has kind of gone from it. I've unfortunately never had the pleasure of visiting any of the iterations at Yankee Stadium, and it will always be one of the great regrets of my life that I never got a chance to go to the house that was built. Um, I get to play in it in the video games. I suppose that's a close second these days yeah. with the graphics, but. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on yes let's move on from the Yankees and talk about your photography and art um, how did you become involved in first off photography because um, this is a bit of a different you know this is a different thing than we've been talking to most people about we haven't really spoken to any photographers that I'm, I can remember Jason well we um, can take a step back and ask about how she found out about us so that's probably a better question to ask her. So how did you find out uh, about us to, to join uh, the Negro League Art Museum fund, fund? Well, the fundraiser obviously is when you right there, but that that's uh, that's probably a way to take a step back before we get into it. Yeah, well, I my recollection is that you know Project Twenty Twenty. Well, let's take a step back before Project Twenty Twenty, right? Pandemic, right? Spent a lot more time on social media than I would have before and started getting more involved, engaging with other hobbyists. And then along came Project 2020, you know, oh, this one follows this, let me follow this, let me follow that. And I think the first card artist that I came across was probably Heavy J. Mm -hmm. And, you know, aside from the- We love Heavy J. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He is absolutely awesome. So aside from, you know, the artists who, and I don't want to say pros and not pros because art is art, right? So the, the people who were designing cards for tops versus the people that were designing one of ones, um, you know, kind of, there was a lot of overlap there for obvious reasons where social media, you know, you kind of followed, connected the dots or followed the breadcrumbs. And so, you know, I learned about Heavy J. I learned about Third Dan Art. I learned about now, you know, one of the guys who's come into my social media stream a lot is uh, Garcia Studios. Um, I mean, there's I, I, there's tons. And so probably through the Heavy J and Dan Baumfeld connection is how I learned about you guys initially. And then just my general interest in the Negro Leagues and it being the 100th anniversary, you know, there, there was a lot of similarities there and, and just kind of led me happily, very, very happily to you guys and to, you know, the card art community in general. You know, before we went on camera, I was saying to Jason that I think one of the best things about collecting and the card art community is the friends that you make, the that, people that you meet. Stuff is stuff and stuff is cool and it makes us happy, but it's not the same as friendships. So. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so that. There's a bit of a backstory there. So Donna had happened to win one of my auctions for my shop and she reached out. She didn't realize she had won. I had mailed it to her and she's like, I've got this signed <laughs> photograph here from Monty <laughs> Irvin, am I correct? Is that what I, No, it was Newcomb. Uh, Don Newcomb, yes. <laughs> and uh, then we started up a small conversation there and realized we had uh, both for our passion of card art and Project 2020 there. Uh, and, and that was where the conversations had started. And yes. we've had many more conversations from yes, there as many well. Many more conversations after that. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Yes. 
Yeah, it was actually it was it was actually a prize from the first NLBM art event. That's what it was. Right. And and I had completely forgotten about it, and I'm like, hey, I got this really awesome thing in the mail. Why? Why? <laughs> I think I hopefully I put my business card in there. I can't remember if I did or not. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how that's how I found you, and I was like, okay. I mean, it's it's awesome. I was, you know, but I don't want to take something that wasn't mine. So I just wanted to make sure I was gonna be like, oh no, somebody sent this the wrong place. I'll just keep it in shush. And no, 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 because we got that from uh, Becca Media. So we got that from gotcha. Eric Norton, and he had sent those to me, and then I, I used it for my raffle for for yeah. what we did out here. So yes, so yeah. uh, I sent. Quite Eric's another cool guy. Yeah, I know. I, I reached out to Eric. He's a uh, uh, his poor wife has gotten COVID right now, so I don't know if you noticed that or not. But yeah, exactly. So he, he's doing well. So uh, he, he's got two boys. He's keeping busy. Uh, I told him to take him fishing. I thought you can go. You can go social distance on a boat somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. So, oh, but he's geez. doing well. He was doing a show tonight. I know that much because his two of his guests had dropped out. And I saw that. Guest there. So uh, I hope somebody enjoyed Eric. Eric's great. I've caught his show a couple times there and there, and he does a really good job. So yeah, yeah. He and I have talked because he's kind of in the back of his head. He's thinking about maybe starting to do some custom cards himself. I know he's put a lot of his art up. So Heavy J said, "Hey, you guys need to talk." Right. So, okay. Yeah. I love this. Everyone kind of knows everyone, and everyone's super yes. cool. Yes. I, I, you know, we, I think it's uh, the national. We all need to meet up in the national. Not this year. Next year. Next year, I, I would so love to do that. I was really disappointed because this year, even though it's not around the corner, people say, "Oh, it's all in the same state." Well, okay, it's still you know three and a half, four hour drive to get down to Atlantic City for me. Um, it was in my home state, mm -hmm. so. But it's okay. I, I hopefully 2022. Hopefully. So John doesn't know what the national is. So the national is like the Yankees of collecting. We'll put it that way. That's a good way. Good analogy. So you would go there for the cream of the crop of sports memorabilia and sports cards, and uh, it's a huge thing. Um, I, I only notice, really realized that about two or three years notice ago. Notice how accommodating. Notice how accommodating he's being about the Yankees this evening. He's, he's really great. All <laughs> he's of a sudden about the Yankees. Um, uh, yeah, I can. I can. subject, I think we might actually, for the first time, have to ban someone from the stream because uh, Stephen Loudon has piped in with his favorite Yankee memory, and of course, it is uh, the Yankees losing to the Diamondbacks. So, um, <laughs> oh. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> no, boo! Even, don't make me send the boys around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so so the national is just this huge sports convention. You would have all the top dealers are there. They would have the the cards that go for hundreds of thousands of dollars that show up and like there and like that. And it's absolutely amazing. I've never been. Have you been, Donna? I have not. No, no. I, I, I follow on Instagram and the photos of the stuff there just blows my mind. Um, um, so yes, so that that's the goal. Um, We've got two guys, two two buddies. One's turned fifty, one's turned forty-five. So I figured it was a perfect time to go out that way and celebrate their birthdays and, and go catch it that way. Yeah, yeah. Is the closest I've come to the national, which is not collecting centric, but it's you know just a bunch of baseball joy in a giant convention center, is um, the fan fest for All Star Weekends. Mm -hmm. Yep. That that's an absolute blast, and you'll have. 
some dealers there and tops will be there and and you know panini will be there and and whatever but i mean the national is you know that to the uh, on steroids <laughs> yeah i didn't want to say that because you know that has a whole other yeah we're a baseball yeah. show we can talk openly about steroids. <laughs> this is true this is true yes 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 but yeah it's like the national from what i understand is like fan fest on steroids so it's interesting yeah. you mentioned FanFest and you, you told me off air that you volunteered at the Yogi, Yogi Bear Museum. Did you volunteer for FanFest? I'm only asking because I did the one in Seattle, so. I volunteered for FanFest in the context of manning the display area and the merch booth for the Yogi Bear Museum. So, ah, okay. so I wasn't able, you know, I wasn't wandering as a an MLB representative. I was there repping the Yogi Museum in 2008. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was fun. I, I did the one in Seattle and I was, I don't even remember who I was repping, but I wandered off quite a bit. <laughs> oh, how can many... you not? How yeah. can, you know, I wonder if it, we could have crossed paths and not even realized it because I was there. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I just I remember I won a box of 2001 Bowman and I got each your rookie card. I was excited. Oh, sweet. Ding, ding, so, yeah, ding. So I, I got cool. kicked over, <laughs> but I don't have it yet. It's, a, it's in my case back home that's somewhere there, but yes. So yeah. um, I'm quite excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great time. To, I mean, the, the Mariners were having such a great year that year and, you know, Ichiro had just, you know, I don't want to say come up, come over. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the, the electricity in that ballpark was something different from, I had gone, Last All Star game I did before that was '98 in Denver. Right. Okay. And uh, and then I did 2002 and 2003. So I have a few to compare it to. Mm -hmm. And then I did 2018 in DC. And the energy in Seattle because of just what was going on with the team at that time was really something very special. Plus, you had Sammy Sosa. Everyone was trying to see if Sammy could put one out of the stadium. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the only person who's come close enough to actually putting one out is Aaron Judge. So I'll get back on the good side here. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have, well. have I sucked up enough to you guys tonight? <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a Yankee fan on every week. Okay. <laughs> He's normally not this polite about the Yankees. Um, <laughs> uh, we're about halfway through our time here, so let's uh, let's start talking about your your work, Donna. Um, obviously, you're a photographer. Talk to us first about how you got into photography, how that then fused with your love of baseball, and where that's gone and what you're working on now. So I started. I don't know. I just kind of always had an eye for it. There's no photographers in my family it was just something that I, I just always had an eye for wanting to preserve things I think you know I'm a very sentimental person um, and I think the idea of being able to preserve memories um, is very important to me and and I also I don't know you know I see a cool animal or a flower or a cloud or whatever I feel oh that's really cool and I like to just play with it um, I think a combination of that and the baseball cards of my youth and just those, you know, classic posed shots, you know, holding out, you know, the bat in front of you or, you know, holding the ball or, or the portraits. There's just something really special about those. I mean, you know, not to knock 
the photographers that are, you know, putting their stuff on cards today. That's a, it's a different animal. Things have evolved, but, you know, they still produce Topps Heritage, you know, and they do it for a reason. And so I think the com just the combination of those things, said, okay, I love baseball. I love photography. And it was just kind of a natural progression for me. Um, you know, and, and not just in the sense of, oh, well, I'm at this game. Let me capture, you know, and I've been lucky enough to capture some, you know, pretty spectacular moments, but just by chance, because you don't know what's going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, it's just two things that I love that just naturally kind of meld together. So let me back off of that and uh, ask you a question here. Um, if you could photograph any moment in Major League history, what would it be? Ooh, and how would you approach it? That's a choice. <laughs> that's any moment in Major League history. I think I'm going to say Lou Gehrig's farewell speech. Mm. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, just the setting, the emotion, you know, the, the people that were there. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, it's going to sound corny, but I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Just, just the, the, you know, it's not always about the action, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm not usually one to want to do, you know, like pose shots of my friends. Oh, take pictures of my kids. I'm like, okay. And I, I do it and I have fun doing it because I get the, you know, the, get the kids to ham, ham it up and whatever, but I'd much rather be in the ballpark taking pictures. Um, so I think just that and the whole emotion of that day, I think is something that if, if I could pick one thing, I think it would be that. That's a great answer. Um, think about what Gehrig means to Yankee history and baseball history. Obviously, yes. Jason, as you've covered on the podcast before, Gehrig, the first major league player ever to have his number retired. Um, so he obviously has a massive, massive impact on baseball history yes. and for him to, to bow out with the dignity and the class that he did under the circumstances that he left under yes. says it all about the man. Um, so yes. I can certainly, I, I would certainly agree with that as, as one of the moments that you would want to photograph. Um, let's move on to your artwork and your baseball cards. Um, I believe I read somewhere that you base your style off of, was it 1937? 1933 Gaudi. This particular set was 1933 yeah. Gaudi. Yes, and I did that because the, the this set came out of a desire to want to pay tribute to the Negro Leagues. And um, I originally, it was going to be just a single card and, you know, for that tip your cap campaign that yep. they did. Yeah. <laughs> and so the problem was finding a place to take the picture was proving difficult in a pandemic. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, safe to go here. This was closed. That was closed. So I said, I oh, forget it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'd love to, but who wants a picture of just me, you know, tipping my cap in my backyard? What, I mean, what's that? So I said, forget it. And so then I started looking into other things that I could do with collecting, you know, to feed the, the collecting habit. And with cards not easy to come by because of what happened in the hobby i said well i don't really want to go the card route and so i said well 
maybe I could start looking at getting postcards of stadiums where they had played Negro Leagues games. So I didn't really get very far with that project at all because I found out that there was a stadium still standing about 10 miles from my house. And so that got put on the back burner and I said, I got to go to this place. And so we went from a single card of me standing with, I mean, if you could have seen my face, my brother went with me that day because I needed somebody to take the picture of me. And I was planning to do it in front of the stadium gate. And we drove up to the ballpark, which there's a little side story about that, which I'll put on hold for now. And if we have time, I'll tell you. And we're approaching the ballpark and there's this huge, beautiful mural of Larry Doby. And I'm like, that's the spot. I don't care about the gate, that's the spot. <laughs> so, you know, so the card came out of that. And then I said, but wait, there's this whole rest of the stadium. So I walked around and I said, what do we have here? What can I work with? I'm gonna do a little set and that's, kind of you know how it started and I went back a couple of times and you know different lighting oh you know I want to try this a little differently because once you try and start actually putting them on cards you realize oh well if I only had done this like this or had only done this like that so um and I came up with the idea of let's take people on a trip to Hinchliffe Stadium for the first time and so that's how we did the four cards of the gate, you know, arriving at the stadium, the ticket booth, buying your tickets, walking into the entry area, and then the actual seating bowl. And I said, okay, well, I want to make these. So, um, so I said, all right, now for the back of the cards. And I said, well, you know, how are we going to do this? And I thought, you know, I don't want it to just be a random design. I want it to kind of have meaning across the board. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I said, well, in 1933, the Colored World Series, what they called it, was played at Hinchliffe Stadium. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 1933 Gowdies are just such classic, clean looking cards. I said, that's it. So it all kind of, you know, really nicely came together, you know, in terms of an idea. And then it was a matter of just putting the idea into action. Amazing. Um, talk to me more about the process of putting that into action. Um, how did the how did this did the, how was the set received? Um, did you talk to us about uh, putting that out? How it's been received um, and what you have uh, coming up next? Yeah, it's I've received so much positive feedback about the set. You know, Heavy J was nice enough when he you know heard about the set. He interviewed me um, for the Saber Baseball Cards blog. And, um, you know, the, the number of people who've reached out to me that I've engaged with, you know, I've, I've got a, a tweet from Josh Gibson's grandson. I mean, you know, how cool is that? You know, and, and um, you know, I've, I've gotten recognition from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and just, you know, mm -hmm. fans literally all over the country and now all over the world. Hello, UK. You know, <laughs> you know, the idea behind this was first and foremost to pay tribute to the Negro Leagues. But the other thing that I wanted to do with this, which is why I put 
facts about the Negro Leagues as they relate to Hinchcliffe Stadium on the backs of the cards is I want people to look at this set and be inspired to learn more about the Negro Leagues. And, you know, if, if I've done that, I'm thrilled. You know, yeah, it would be great to sell, you know, the very small print run of 50 sets, you know, but if, if the idea is if each person who sees the cards and reads the cards tells two friends, you know, about the Negro Leagues and, and, and about, you know, the amazing history there and the players and, and you know, how they really, you want to talk about triumphing in the face of adversity. I mean, you know, there's really no better example. And I mm -hmm. think we have, all have a lot to learn from that. And I think if people kind of followed that example, I think the world would be a much better place. So I've said the same thing so many times. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, the Negro Leagues and the history of the Black game uh, has so much to teach all of us um, about perseverance, about tolerance, about, you know, just, you know, the, like you say, the amount of, they've triumphed against adversity in such a way that, and it's adversity that should never have existed in the first place, you know, yes. it's been manufactured by the insecurities of, uh, of, of people who were just ignorant um, for the most part. And, um, so to see what Negro League Baseball did for baseball in the long run in terms of where we are now, where, you know, CeCe Zabathia retired last year is one of my absolute heroes. And, you know, and, and 100 years ago, I would not have had the opportunity to see him pitch in the Yankees uniform. Ken Griffey Jr., one of the best athletes of any of our lifetimes. Jason, I got the chance to, to watch him play baseball if it weren't for those guys, the Jackie Robinsons, the Rube Fosters, Cool Papa Bell, Satchel. Josh yeah. and Buck Leonard and then Buck O'Neill and so many more. Um, so it's so crucial that we keep their story alive and continue to tell it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> veering off there a wee bit. But, no, no, no. Um, it's, you know, there are so many things, you know, it, even if, if you take away the, the, the talent aspect of it, yeah. Night baseball came out of the Negro Leagues before the major leagues had night baseball. Mm -hmm. The talent pipeline between the Dominican Republic and Major League Baseball was established by a former Negro Leagues owner and a former Negro Leagues player. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I mean, you know, the idea of you want to talk about entrepreneurship in the American dream. Okay, you're going to tell me I can't do it with you. I'll just go do it myself. You know, and so many great things that came out of the Negro Leagues that people need, to, these are stories that need to be heard and lessons that need to be learned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to Sabre. You mentioned Sabre. Uh, yes. um, we're going to Sabre. Uh, I want to know about Hinchcliffe Stadium. <laughs> Is, is it still a working stadium or can you just go and uh, do it? it? It's actually a really sad story. Um, so now this actually leads perfectly into the little side story that I said that I had. So <laughs> there is off, so. <laughs> this ballpark, you know, it's it, Hinchliffe Stadium is the official name. 
Um, it's been used over the years for baseball, for football, for um, mini stock car racing, I believe, for boxing. It, it's really a, a sports venue, but, you know, the locals obviously have a lot of reasons to love it because, you know, I was there doing photos one day and a guy pulled up. He's like, I remember coming here as a kid. Thank you so much for taking pictures. And he had no idea, you know, what my project was or whatever. And he's oh, I used to see, you know, the boxing. And so the ballpark, if, if you look at it on a map, I keep saying ballpark, the stadium, if you look on a map, it is smack next to the second largest waterfalls on the eastern coast of the United States. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, and I have, it's actually has been made part of the Patterson Great Falls, I think it's National Park. I'm, I'm not positive. It says it on the back of one of my cards. Um, and I've gone there tons of times to take pictures. Tons. I've parked right next to the stadium. The Larry Doby mural was not there at the time. I had no idea what I was parking next to. No idea. And the day that we went to take pictures and I went, I was like, that's what that is. I like, I felt like an idiot. You've mm -hmm. got to be kidding me. This is that. So it's not open to the public anymore. It's horribly run down. It's, I mean, you can see it a little bit from the pictures on my cards. Um, so it's sad. The good news though, is that fingers crossed, there's going to be a groundbreaking on a major renovation, hopefully sometime in the next few months, possibly even as early as right around opening day. So maybe less than a month from now. Wow, cool. And so what the plans are for what the extent of that renovation is going to be and whether it's just gonna be preserved from a historical standpoint or whether it's going to become a working venue again, I don't know. It's currently owned by the Patterson Public School System. So there's, you know, obviously a lot of stuff there. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we're going to see, you know, some major progress in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's unfortunate politics always play a role in those kind of things and what kind of fun is in there, but we hope for the best. And yeah. If not, maybe we'll see another fundraiser and get, get that thing saved. Because it, of yes, yes. Lots yeah. of legacy there right now, and it's such a, not an easy fix, but an easy win to save something like that. Yeah, agreed. And I think, you know, if it weren't for the fact that, you know, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that it's kind of tied up in the whole bureaucracy of things, because it's prime real estate right next to that, you know, <laughs> that that waterfall and thank god somebody didn't level it and put up condos you know so you know silver linings so let's take it what we can get you know that, that's the thing we, we need to get some of that nike money if they're gonna go yeah. spend yeah. 50 million on a track field they can they can just siphon off 50 million to put in that stadium no so now, now, you, now you're pan now you're panhandling to nike <laughs> I'm not. So I haven't bought anything Nike in 20 years. So <laughs> I, I, I have. Uh, so don't know knows. I went to Oregon State. So obviously Oregon being my rival, uh, I've only bought two things in Nike, and it was all the same trip. I needed an Oregon State jersey and an Oregon State hat, 
and they're only made by Nike. So in the last 20 years, it's the only thing Nike I've ever bought. Yeah, well, it's it's going to get tough now because Major League Baseball is partnered with Nike. So I run a vintage baseball jersey That's shop. True. <laughs> I've got a long way to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, if, so John, if they a donation of 50 million, I could probably look past that. No problem. That's true. That is true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you, you asked what's next. So what's next? Okay. So I have an idea in my head. Oh, you also want to talk about Sabre. Um, I have an idea in my head for a second Hinchliff Stadium set that would focus more on the details of the ballpark. And, you know, the, the really, you know, the, the terracotta roof tiles and, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the flagpoles that sit vacant now. Um, so I would like to do that, but I want this set to have some time to kind of get circulated more before I do that. I wanted to go and do some of that photography, but we got hit pretty hard with snow. And Patterson, from what I understand, especially the area around the ballpark was very difficult to maneuver. So now with things melting, I'm hoping to get back out with the camera and get down there again and at least start a portfolio of work, you know, for that. Um, we'll see how it goes. So the other thing kind of ties into card art. And, you know, there's this whole, well, you know, I'm not licensed with Major League Baseball or the Players Association or Minor League Baseball. So, you know, I can go to the stadiums and, and take pictures up the wazoo, but all I can do is, you know, keep them for myself or give them, you know, as gifts to friends. And I want to be able to do more than that. And yeah, it would be nice to, you know, sell them and donate some of the money to charity and all. But again, it's, it's about spreading joy. I mean, I know that sounds corny, but it, it is what it is. So... What I'm going to try and do, and I know, you know, Jason, you and I have talked about this a little bit, um, is make one-of-one -one pieces of art that combine, so Alan and Ginter is one of my, one of the card sets that I really enjoy. And so I want to try and combine my pictures and cut Alan and Ginter cards. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I did a little concept art thing here so it's a little goofy but so let's see so like there's one example wow that's really cool uh, he about himself yeah right so and i had no idea you were a cc guy john had no <laughs> idea so there's one idea so now this doesn't you know the card isn't actually on there i scanned it and and threw it in but it would actually be the cut card and then like another one would be like a ballpark, mm -hmm. you know, wow. and a player, wow. you know. So, so that's, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Those are really cool. I like it. Yeah. Nice. I see the pictures right there. Uh, you knocked out of the park. That's, that's awesome. So, that'll be cool. So, Sabre. Yep. Let's talk about Sabre. Um, not only did you get interviewed by Heavy J for Sabre, but you are a member? Yes, I am. Talk about six weeks in six weeks in as a member um attending weekly virtual meetings now mm -hmm. oh wow kind of cool my my the it's called the elysian fields chapter for northern new jersey um 
And sadly, I have not gone to Elysian Fields yet. Um, but I know a lot of, you know, it's one of those things. It's there and you don't get there. So I need to get there. Um, but we've had every Monday, an hour and a half, hour meetings depends with um, guests that, uh, you know, talk about everything from one of the guests last night was Lou Costello's grandson, you know, of who's on first fame yep. among a million other things, right? Um, and <laughs> That's just my webcam falling off my laptop. <laughs> Blooper reel. Uh, so, um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, Sabre is just a fantastic organization that a lot of people have misconceptions, and I understand why, that it's all a bunch of geeks sitting around crunching numbers. And, you know, I'll have to admit that that was exactly what I thought Sabre was until I met uh, Jason for the first time. Yeah. Jason Schwartz. Um, I had it in my head that it was, um, you know, what's his name? The guy from Moneyball. Who's oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy Bean. Yeah, uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill's character. Yeah. Um, I just had an, an image in my head of a group of, of him all sitting crunching on numbers, but obviously um, it's so much more than that. Uh, please continue, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, it's understandable why that's the perception because, hello, Bill James, in honor of Sabre, named his analytics Sabre Metrics. <laughs> so there's just this assumption yeah. and you just hear it, you know, constantly on broadcast now, Sabre Metrics, Sabre Metrics, yeah. Sabre Metrics. So people say, oh, well, that's what it is. And I happened to be fortunate enough um, in my time volunteering at the Yogi Berra Museum, they used to have uh, once a year, I believe, they would have a kind of baseball prospectus round table there. So I got to, you know, to kind of sit in on those and just see, hey, this, this is just a bunch of people sitting around shooting the breeze. I love baseball. Me too. What about this? Yeah. What about this? And, and so I never had, I'm fortunate to not have had that preconceived notion planted in my brain. And I just didn't have the time to get involved before now. So, you know, again, silver linings from a pandemic, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you advantage of the time you have now. I mean, you think about all the times you was, you know, gone out, seen friends, and there's movies like that. It's like, great. I, I think that's what, when probably my favorite part is, is rediscovering my hobbies again and the love of my yeah. hobby. Yeah. You have to do that. Yes. The hard part is gonna be when you know, the norm starts up again, continuing to find time for this. Yeah, but I think we've all watched everything on Netflix, on Hulu, Disney Plus. Like, there's, there's nothing coming out that we haven't yes. seen. We yes. have time to go through all this stuff. Yeah. How many seasons of Madden have you completed just in lockdown, Jason? Players I recognize anymore, but yes, no, uh, that, that's how I unwind. Has been playing so bad. <laughs> uh, you know, that's cool. So, go ahead. No, 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 please continue. I was just asking more about Saber and what it was yeah. like. It, it's, you know, it, it's, I'm looking forward to 
possibly doing some writing for them down the road, but the amount of information and forget information, the amount of love of the game that is there is absolutely mind boggling. I mean, you know, it exists, you see full stadiums or whatever, but there's a difference between wanting to go to a ballpark to watch a game and wanting to sit around with your friends or people that you've never met before and yap baseball for potentially hours on end. I mean, they, you know, they have these giant conference things that unfortunately, you know, didn't happen last year and won't happen this year, but um, it, it's, it's just cool to know. And there's all these little specialties in there too. So if, you know, stadiums are your thing, there's a committee for that. And if photography is your thing, there's a committee for that. And if baseball cards are your thing, there's a committee for that. And, you know, everybody doesn't have to write, but everybody just gets to, in whatever way they want, share their love of the game. And that's what I think is the most awesome about Sabre. No, I mean, I think you touched on a lot of points there, because I think you start off as a fan and you're, you're a fan of what's on the field. And as you grow with your fandom, you start finding the things that are around the game that you enjoy more, you know, and so you're always going to enjoy the game. The game's there and it can be on, but it's that pace of, you know, the enjoyment of listening to the game on the radio, which a lot of people don't do anymore. Uh, and I think baseball is told best by radio. You yes. know, there, you know, the aesthetics of baseball, there's the uniforms, there's the logos, and there's so much else around there that I think as you grow up, your fandom slowly increases the more of those things that you find yourself attracted to, like you say, yeah. state, or uniforms or baseball cards and, and 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 it's it's really interesting to see people's passion because you can go just follow to the rabbit hole and really find out what your passion is about right right and and you know you can branch out into a lot of different things i mean you know there are people that you know keep talking about heavy j i mean jason is such a, a mag he's got such a magnetic personality mm -hmm. that he gets other people excited about things that they maybe wouldn't have been excited about before. You know, did I think three months ago that I was going to have an interview on the Sabre baseball cards blog and be talking about all that stuff and now be here with you guys doing a podcast. No, I just wanted to make a little card set and, you know, and, and it's just, it's the, the communication channels that this has opened. I'll tell you a crazy story. I got an email a couple of weeks ago from a woman. She says, I was wondering if you could tell me who Hinchliffe Stadium is named after. And I'm thinking to myself, who am I that like, she's coming to me and asking me this history. I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, I put my card set out there. So, okay, fine. It turns out that her mother's maiden name is Hinchliffe. Okay. But get this, she's the daughter of Carl Finley, co-owner of the Oakland A's. Former co-owner of the Oakland A's. Right, okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we've started having this whole conversation and dialogue about growing up in baseball and, and that never would have happened if I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and so I said to her, hey, you know, Sabre. And she's like, oh, I should really look into Sabre. Yes, look into Sabre. 
I mean, not just from the standpoint of her growing up in baseball and wanting to devour as much baseball information as she can, but the stories that she must have. Yes. Uh, yeah. she, you know, so uh, Saber is great on a gazillion different levels. So join Saber if you're not already a member. <laughs> <laughs> there is the Bobby Thompson chapter out here. I haven't joined it yet. Um, but it's on the list of, of things to do there. I think, I don't know how active they are out here. So that, I think that's one thing that kind of has put me off. It's been, uh, it, it, baseball is a fairly new sport out here for people to get the fandom around. So um, the majority of people have been kind of following the last, say, four or five years, John, would you kind of say that? And then there's the hard group that have been fanned for, you know, as soon as like we, we always reference um, Johnny and Josh, and uh, they had a show on BBC, and that was that was where you watched it on a Sunday night. And you had two games a week, and and you just kind of watched whatever game was on. So we watched a lot of Tampa Bay and Royals. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it was baseball, so you're like, I, I got to watch what it is there. Right. So, right. Uh, and yeah. you know, one of the great things that Saber has really done very quickly is gotten a lot of their programming online. You know, I mean, the world was kind of forced in that direction. But like I said, I go to a meeting every Monday night virtually. The speakers have, and we sit just like this on a Zoom call. And, you know, so we try and keep it going. You know, it, Jason, here we go. His ears got to be ringing. His ears have got to be ringing. <laughs> he did this great program right after Hank Aaron passed away. Virtual program mm -hmm. about the history of baseball cards as told through the cards of hank aaron oh, wow and anybody I, I you know i'm sure there's it i know it was recorded anybody can see that now doesn't matter where you are on the globe doesn't matter what time of day it is and you know we all can kind of drop in on each other's chapter meetings you know mm -hmm. if there are and, or, you know, or when they did National Sabre Day for the 50th anniversary, you know, this year's the 50th anniversary of Sabre. And, you know, I sat in this chair and I watched Marty Appel, longtime Yankee, you know, PR guy, interview Bob Costas live. Yeah. You know, and, and so, okay, you ain't going to rain on my parade coronavirus. You know, <laughs> we're going to do this and we're going to figure out how and, you know. So it's, it's, we adapt. It's, it's what we do. It's what we have to do. No, I, think, I think it's great. I think that's been able to make more connections this way. And, and it's been fantastic. And I think, you know, going forward, you, you, people will actually be able to meet in person, but I think you're going to have such a need for people that are going to watch it on zoom calls or whatever we call it down the line there, because mm -hmm. you have so much more information at your fingertips now that we did a year ago that was kind of like, oh, oh I, I can't make a chapter meeting. I'll miss out. Someone will have to catch in the notes on like that there. Or now you're like, no, uh, if you're not doing it recorded, you know, people aren't going to turn in. I think you know, you're going to get people involved that way. Right. And, and the opportunity to take advantage of what's being offered by a chapter other than your home chapter is, is great. And, you know, there was, um, a couple of Saturdays ago, the Chicago chapter and the Milwaukee chapter did a joint meeting about the Negro Leagues. And they had Sean Gibson on. He hauled out his grandfather's MVP trophy. 
during the meeting. He brought it out. He wouldn't even do it for us. He brought, he brought it out. Unfair. And, you know, and Larry Lester was on that call. And I was on a, another program a couple of weeks ago. Larry Doby Jr. was on. And, and, you know, these are all things that if if they weren't on Zoom, I, I'm not going to drive to Chicago for that or fly to Chicago for that. So hopefully that will all continue. Yeah. Um, Stephen, yes, I, I did find my razor. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been getting comments about this all week. Every time I don't know what it is about when I shave, but anytime I shave for three or four days, all I hear about is, "Oh, have you shaved?" Yes. <laughs> Grown man, man shaves beards. Well, breaking news. That's all the media. <laughs> It's 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 <laughs> pandemic talk. It's the way it goes now, right? It's like, yeah. well, you don't you didn't have to. Why did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've touched on baseball cards a bit, and uh, Jason, I received a, a package from you a few days back. Uh, it's true, to, right? Yeah, I just wanted to point one out here that the excellent Ramon Mejia did. Can you guys see that? Yeah, we can see it. Yes. That's a Ramon Mejia card that I've been sent. So props to Ramon. Thank you so much for this. Um, Jason, thanks for sending that stuff over. Uh, I'm going to... There's more stuff in there. Yeah, I'm going to put up a post about it. Um, <laughs> my house is a complete mess just now. I am in the process of turning my back room into my podcasting studio. So I'm going to have everything displayed properly like you've got in the background there. Um, so watch this space, everyone. <laughs> But uh, Donna, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you tonight. Um, we have to do this again sometime. Now that we've gotten to know each other, we'll delve further into your uh, your work next time that we speak. Um, where can people watching find your social media channels? I I am on Twitter and Instagram at the lens of Donna M. Um, and then if you want to email me, it's the same the lens of Donna M at gmail.com. Excellent. Uh, once again, thanks, Donna, for joining us tonight. It's been great speaking with you. It's always good to have a Yankees fan on the show, Jason. <laughs> Someone who appreciates real class. Um, <laughs> and again, Stephen Leiden, you are barred for that awful patter earlier about the Diamondbacks. I do look 10 years younger. Thank you for noticing. Um, <laughs> all right, you're back in the good book, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen is unbanned. Because he's uh, he's complimenting me on how young I look. There you go. Um, Jason, uh, people can find us on Facebook. We are we are you know obviously <laughs> live oh, at the moment. It's facebook.com slash at slash caps and pipes or at caps and pipes in the search bar. It's Twitter at caps and pipes. Email us at caps and pipes at gmail.com. Uh, ball caps and bagpipes on Instagram. Ball caps and bagpipes on Instagram. Yep. Yep. Um, I think caps and pipes on Twitter. Everything else is ball caps and bagpipes. Correct, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks again for coming on. It was brilliant to actually put a face to it. We've been chatting for so, so long now. Absolutely. It was, it was awesome to talk to you, and I'm definitely going to take you up when I trip to New York sometime and you can show me around. Yeah, we absolutely. We can go to Elijah Fields and Hincliffe Stadium. And, and impressed, uh, the only place I really want to go is New York uh, is uh, Yankee Stadium, and I might have to drag you to City Field, but you know what? I, I, I love <laughs> City Field. Let's do it. Let's do All right. it. All right. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Have a great night. No right, problem, Donna. Fuck the Mets on three. What? <laughs> 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 Go 
everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye, guys. Have a good one.